Welcome to this episode of The Indian Caregiver, the one and only podcast to motivate and encourage you to not only advocate for your loved one, but also share valuable resources related to caregiving and brain health. In today's episode, we have a special guest, Tu Nguyen. She is a pharmacist, a clinical pharmacist from the greater Phoenix area, and she's got a special focus on geriatrics and transition of care. I felt like this special guest has a lot to contribute, especially as a caregiver. My mom, I was admitted several times to the hospital, and there are a lot of interactions, not only with physicians, but pharmacists as well. So welcome to to, um, my podcast. Hi, yes, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So tell us a bit about yourself, and um, in particular, I'm very curious to know what um, attracted you to the geriatrics and transition of care specialty in pharmacy. Yeah, of course. Um, So hi, everyone listening. My name is Boo. I'm a pharmacist, and I've been a clinical pharmacist for a couple of years now. Um, I've always been interested in the geriatric aspect of medicine because I feel like these are um, the patient population that are at risk for a lot of medication-related errors, and they are also really vulnerable to taking a lot of different medications. So I really felt like a pharmacist involvement would be extremely important in that population. Um, And in terms of transitions of care, it's an area where I've been exposed to almost my entire career, but um, it's, it's an area, too, in medicine where not a lot of people are talking about it but it's also extremely important. And it's an area where there's a lot of medication errors, a lot of communication errors, and a lot of health, um, a lot of healthcare gaps that have occurred too. And so the combination of geriatrics and transition of care kind of really go well hand in hand. And I'm just really excited to be able to talk about these issues to not just providers, not just health systems, but patients and caregivers as well, because they are a huge part of the healthcare team. Yeah, they are. I, re- you know, I remember we were talking, um, you know, a f- several weeks ago, and I was telling you how I, um, as a caregiver with my mom, how you know there were some um, errors with the medication that was given, particularly in the skilled um, nursing facility, and how um, it was important, you know, for caregivers to be proactive and know what their loved ones are on, and you know, make sure that they're getting the right medication. But, you know, we'll talk about it more from your point of view um, as a pharmacist. So my first question to you is, what is transitions of care and why should patients and caregivers be aware of it? So transitions of care is at any point during the patient's uh, journey through the healthcare system. Anytime um, we are, they're going from a different healthcare setting to another healthcare setting, that is a point of transition. And at each of those points, you are then, your case is being handed off from one set of teams. So let's say your outpatient doctor, your primary care provider, now that care is being transitioned over to, if you're being admitted to the hospital, to the hospital team. And so if you continue on that process and, and your case is being passed on by different providers, 
you can kind of imagine how there's a lot of errors that can happen during during these points. Um, a really good example would be if a patient is being treated for a disease with their primary care provider, that disease state then gets worse and they have to go into the hospital. Let's say they go into the emergency room. That is a transition. That is a point of transition right there. And from the emergency room, they get admitted they get admitted to the hospital, that is another transition. And then, you know, whatever happens during that hospital stay, now they're being moved to, let's say, an acute um, care facility, or sorry, like a skilled nursing facility. That's another transition. And then they go back home and that's another transition. And so as you can see with even just one disease state, let's say, it can cause several different transitions where providers that they're not working closely together with the healthcare, you know, with the caregivers and the patients, um, a lot of miscommunication and errors and gaps can happen during all of those points. And I really want to emphasize these issues because um, we always just kind of think about, oh, I'm going to go to a doctor's office, I'm going to be admitted to the hospital, but we don't think about what happens when we leave that type of care setting and then we go on to another one, what kinds of information and things do we need to make sure the next care team needs to know? So I think that's really important. So as a pharmacist, I know from my experience, I had some pharmacists if I were, you know, was not at the off um, at the hospital in my mom's room, you know, they would, you yeah. know, call me and verify the medications. Um, yeah. um, you know, how proactive are you um, in, in order to kind of um, reduce the potential errors, um, medic, medic, medication errors? Um, as pharmacists in a hospital, we each hospital system will have their own process of obtaining the medication history from home. Mm -hmm. The biggest issue though, is when we don't know where the most accurate information is going to be coming from. So if the patient themselves don't understand what medications they take, we will then call the family members. But let's imagine that the family members haven't been helping out with medications at home, then they, they are unable to provide us with very accurate information. The patient is unsure, that patient is unable to give us accurate information. The pharmacy that they go to fill their prescription sometimes, let's say the patient goes to three different pharmacies, we are unable to verify the information. We don't have the most accurate information. And let's say we call the primary care doctor's office. But imagine if that patient sees four other specialists. I mean, you can imagine that it gets so convoluted, so difficult to understand exactly what were you doing at home and that's all we need to know in order to treat you um, with the proper treatment plan, right? Mm -hmm. To come up with a correct treatment plan. So that, I would say, is the biggest area where I think if caregivers and family and the patient um, can come together and, you know, once every couple of months, reconcile all the medications, have it be really clear, have it be on one sheet of paper or whatever, be accurate, so that you can be proactive for when those moments of transitions come about. You're not relying on a system that's working very much in silos. You are kind of helping bring all that together because you are the only people who knows what the patient was doing at home. Exactly. Because by the time that they get into the hospital and we're 
scrambling to try to figure out what you were doing and nobody can give us the right answer or the most accurate, it gets very dicey. Um, medication errors that happen at the beginning of hospitalization will continue on to discharge and then even post-discharge. And that is something I really want to make sure people understand. Yeah, it seems there's a lot of um, you kind of like an unsung sung hero, a lot of back end research um, on your end that needs to be yeah. done in order to verify that everything is correct. And, you know, patients are on the right medication and no adverse reactions. And even if we do our best, sometimes we just cannot always get it exactly right. And we might miss here or there, not because we're not performing at our like highest level, it's just that the information is just not accurate. It's um, not, yeah. There's just so much information and it comes from so many different sources and, and you know, so the best information that we can get from what was the patient taking at home is either the patient themselves or the caregivers. Now, just out of curiosity, what happens if the individual who's admitted in the hospital doesn't have a loved one or, you know, their caregiver is long distance and doesn't know um, what is going on or they don't have anyone? How do, as a pharmacist, how do you address those issues? Yeah, that's a really tough case. And sometimes that, you know, I would even say that's a, a quite that's quite dangerous too because mm -hmm. if the patient themselves don't know what medications to take there's a good chance that they're not taking it correctly and that might be the case of why they ended up worse or in the hospital in the first place so truly um you know in those cases we have to address the underlying issue of the adherence problem why why is there a misunderstanding of, of the medication is it that the drug names are too complicated if so Maybe um, the, the care team can create a chart or a table or providing more education or whatever it might be to help the patient understand. Um, is it just the lingo? You know, people are using the word hypertension versus high blood pressure. Do we need to break it down for the patient? It's a lot of patient education, especially if the patient does not have um, caretakers. There's also home health um, you know, services that can come in and help the patient. And that's going to have to come from the provider, um, the doctor, to order that based off of the patient's needs. So there are definitely some, some help there. I'm hoping in the future there's going to be a lot of opportunities where we can um, reach patients via telehealth, which means that the patient's at home, we are in the home with them, you know, virtually and we can kind of get a better understanding of what's going on and can really serve their needs better than if they go to the, the office and we don't get to see that day-to-day -day situation. Yeah, you know, one thing I did was for my mother, I made sure that everything was consistent. Like, for example, here in Orlando, there's Advent Health. So I made sure she was consistent going to the same hospital. I made sure that her primary care physician and any other physicians are in that system. And even the home health was through Advent Health. That way, everything through the um, electronic medical records, EMRs, everything was consistent. That way, everyone was on the same page 
um, for medicine, because sometimes when emergencies happen, you know, when the ambulance is here, they're like, which hospital? And you, if you have an option, you know, or if that you don't indicate to the ambulance driver where to take you, that's also kind of a, you know, lapse um, where they're, you know, with medical information. So that's one thing that I did as a caregiver. I just tried to make sure that everything was in the same system for the sake of EMRs. So there was consistency. Yeah, I think that by doing that, you're really helping with uh, that lack of information that I've been, um, that I've mentioned before. It's always great to be able to access outpatient records, you know, all sorts of records that we need. Yeah, and I know you've touched upon this, but what can um, patients and caregivers do to prevent medication errors? Like what would be, you know, your top three advice that you would um, recommend to our listeners? Or I would say the, the biggest one is to try your best to understand the medication treatment. And one way that you could do that is to seek out help at your local pharmacy, for example, or anytime a doctor is providing um, is prescribed, prescribing a new medication, whatever it may be, that you ask a lot of questions about why is this being given, what is it for, um, and what the plan around it would be. Or am, am I going to continue to be on this medication for a long time? Am I going to stop after a period? What are we looking for? So asking a lot of questions and really have a good understanding of what's going on. It's obviously easier said than done because medication lingo and information can be very difficult. And, um, and so I think a huge part of it is seeking um, resources from from healthcare providers. Um, and I think your local pharmacist would be a really good resource as well, very accessible. Um, the other thing is making sure that you are you have a list of medications, the correct dose, the most accurate information. You update it every couple of months kind of situation so you can take with you to all of your appointments your primary care doctor's appointment, your cardiologist's appointment, when you're in the emergency room, everywhere. Um, making sure that it's the most updated because again, you're the only ones that are gonna truly know what you've been doing at home and we really need that information to make the most accurate, you know, create the most accurate uh, treatment plan. And I think the fourth one is um, asking for I think this is something that maybe not a lot of patients or caregivers have been have already been doing, but when you're given a new medication, ask about how what to monitor for in terms of safety and efficacy. What side effects should I be looking for? But also, how do I know this medication is working for me? Um, so really, you have to just ask a lot of questions. It's almost like a part-time job of understanding what's going on with medication therapy. But the biggest thing is if you're not taking the medications correctly, and if people don't know what medications you're on, you are, you know, you're not setting yourselves up um, for success in that way. So you gotta really put a lot of effort into that. Yeah, you brought up a lot of, you know, a lot of good, um, valuable points. And I just wanted to take a moment to emphasize, you know, asking questions, it's a lot of research. It's like you said, it's like a part-time job. 
I was a dementia caregiver, I think one important question that I realized and I started to ask that became routine are how do, do these medicines interact with one another or, uh, you know, affect dementia? Like, for example, with my mom, you know, there was incontinence medicine. It was brought to my attention that certain medications flare up because you're trying to solve one problem, but at the same time, it's exacerbating another problem. So she would be more delusional or I did not know that, you know, Benadryl and certain allergy medicines um, exacerbate the hallucinations. So, you know, that's a key question to ask is that the depending, especially with dementia, what medications, um, you know, interact. So because you don't, you want to treat one problem, but you don't want to create another one. Yeah. And I think this is an area where pharmacists really do need to play a huge role. Um, And, you know, if you're asking about drug interactions and concerns for um, any kind of further adverse events or even um, too many medications, there's a term out there called polypharmacy that a lot of our geriatric patients have to deal with. And that is um, just taking a lot of different medications. The number of medications is is quite high. Um, And there can be a lot of issues with taking the medications at the same time or together or whatever. And I'm hoping that in the future, more pharmacists will be available to provide us that type of service where we review the medication list, um, you know, as needed on an as needed basis, but as much as the patient needs and providing that education. And um, I know right now there, there is that kind of resource with um, insurance companies. So like, let's say, Let's just say, like, you know, Express Scripts or whatever. They have some type of resource that a pharmacist will reach out to the patient and review those medications for the patients. And I really want patients and caregivers to take advantage of that because it is part of the patient's benefit, um, but it's also just really important to have a, a healthcare medication expert reviewing all those medications. Yeah. And another thing, too, is, you know, you um, brought up. Um, I know for me in particular, I take medicine, but, you know, there's some medicines that have an effect on the liver. So it's important that, you know, patients, you know, go for blood work to make sure that, you know, there are no adverse reactions, you know, building up um, internally. You know, there's one question that I want to ask you. I know you're not in the insurance field. But, you know, the cost of medication is expensive. We've got so many diseases out there. And I know, you know, like I said, it's, it's beyond your control. But what can caregivers or patients, you know, where can you direct them for resources if they cannot afford the medications that they are prescribed? I think pharmacists can play a really great part of this um, to maybe bypass that insurance cost issues. So depending on the medication, we could potentially recommend um, a a more affordable alternative. This is not an option for every medication, but pharmacists are supposed to be helping patients and um, the healthcare team to optimize medication. And part of that is the cost savings part. So we do have the ability to make recommendations. So let's say that blood pressure medication is a brand name, whatever. There's another one that works very similar that the insurance would rather pay for it on the formulary. Let's switch the patient to that. Um, So we can definitely make a lot of those cost savings recommendations. So utilizing your pharmacist is going to be a huge one. Um, But I think 
one of the things too is that we need to be aware that um, there is a PA process, you know, a prior authorization process that can be involved. And so if you, you know, have been a lot of questions or concerns, continue to work closely with your um, doctor's office to get those things approved as much as needed. The doctors want the patients to be on this medication as much as anybody. They want the patients to get better. So hopefully working together with all of your healthcare um, resources like that will help answer some of those cost issues. But unfortunately, like, yeah, like you said, I, there's not a lot we can do um, if the insurance is the ones to develop their formulary and make those decisions. So. Yeah, you know, one one last thing I would like to add to that is I think it's important for the um, patient and caregivers to communicate not only with their pharmacists, but their physicians as well, that they can't afford the medicine um, because they can not only find alternatives, but my father was a physician, a gastroenterologist, and he treated, um, you know, patients for hepatitis. And that medication, I believe it was interferon, was so expensive, but the patients needed it. So my dad became an advocate for his patients and, and reached out to the pharmaceutical rep and told them, you know, my patients need this medicine, but at the same time, they can't afford it. You know, are there any, uh, any other options for the patients? Um, that way it's a win-win situation. So that's another, you know, suggestion I have, you know, for patients yeah. and caregivers is, you know, sometimes people are very closed about their financial matters, but sometimes you just have to be open. You just never know what kind of doors that can open. And depending um, how much the physician, um, the healthcare professionals have the time to advocate for you yes so definitely agree because um you know if you can't afford the medication and then you end up not taking that medication it's worse than letting someone know the situation and then maybe taking something different but something that you can't you know afford Yes. And, you know, my final, there's a lot of information. This is your, your, you know, wealth of knowledge. And, you know, this is an area I'm glad you reached out to me that is not, you know, often talked about or overlooked. Um, but, you know, one thing, you know, in the final minutes, I would like for you to talk about what types of questions should patients and caregivers ask upon discharge in order to help with the transition, um, transition home? Yeah, um, I would say, you know, there's a lot of different questions. So discharge is an interesting time for the patient just because a lot of them are wanting to go home badly, but you do need to take some time to ask a lot of questions. And here's why is because once you're discharged, there you may not, and if an, an issue arises, you know, a couple of days after your discharge, you may not have that same um doctor in the hospital that you can reach to reach out to and ask questions you really do want to take advantage of that discharge time i would say a huge one would be who do i call if i have a, a question or a problem after i leave the hospital um who do i need to follow up with and a lot of these things maybe the nurse will go over with you but it is really important to make sure that these questions get answered um why am I taking these new medications and new dose? Why are you prescribing these new things to me? And again, kind of what I said before, how, what should I be monitoring for at home? How do I know if this medication is working and how do I know if this medication is causing problems? And then, you know, questions like refills. 
Uh, a lot of times when you are discharged from a hospital, they will just give you zero refills. Does that mean you stop taking it after you're done? Or does this mean that you follow up with your primary care provider, your outpatient provider, and obtain new, you know, further refills? So these are all questions that you should um, at least think about and try to ask the ones that are most relevant to you. Yes, and another thing, I'm not sure if they do it at your hospital. Um, they may or may not, but I know at Advent Health, I when I would visit my mom, they had her daily um, uh, daily um, paper, which indicated her attending physicians, who the specialists were, what you know tests she was scheduled for, and there was also an area for the medications that she was on. So I would encourage, you know, patients and caregivers to, if if that is available at the facility, they're admitted to kind of, you know, take a look at it and keep an eye on it to see what changes there are in medication and to definitely the discharge papers that are given um, to you to take a look at it and make sure that it's accurate information from what was in the hospital and what's translated um, to the pharmacy once you're home or at another facility because i know i came across personally there were some um errors in the dosage and i had that sheet of paper with me and then they verified it so that's another helpful tool i just wanted to share that um has helped me through the years yeah that's great that's really perfect mm -hmm. yeah it, it just sounds like you know when you're listing out all those things that that you did to help your mom that there is a lot of work that's required in this unfortunately and caring for older patients or patients who are just um, chronically ill is a lot of work um, and as much as um, you can try to do just I think proactively understanding what's what's going to happen and and being prepared um, as best as you can, it's probably the best way to go rather than being hit with, um, you know, admission to the hospital and you're quite unsure of what to do. So I think a lot of, you know, our advice today hopefully will help relieve some of that burden of creating or coming up with questions yourselves. Yes. So I know, you know, our time is almost up and, you know, this is an ongoing important topic that is often, you know, overlooked in the hospital setting um, and it's it's very important. How can listeners reach out to you if they have any questions or if they want to learn more? Sure. Um, I, I do have a LinkedIn account that you can definitely reach out to me through there. I post a lot of um, information or just a lot of experiences and case patient case experiences that I've had in transition of care and some of the errors that can occur and so if you read some of those stories and you relate to them and you have more questions about that or you have your own questions um, you can definitely message me there on LinkedIn and hopefully you can um, have my account on the podcast information yes uh -huh. I will I'll post it awesome yeah well, thank you so much for, you know, um, reaching out to me, for taking the initiative and reaching out to me and um, wanting to come and share this valuable information. Like I said, I was a caregiver and I feel like um, it is information that we don't think about. We're always worried about communicating with the physicians and the nurses and the, you know, pharmacists are the unsung, you know, part 
unsung heroes in the hospital setting and it's important to be proactive and um, take an interest in this. So thank you so much for um, joining me today on this podcast. And um, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Indian Caregiver. Please do not forget to connect with us. Um, The Indian Caregiver is on Facebook as well as Instagram. Thank you very much.